Welcome to Unknown Stories Corporate Venturing Sessions with me, Willem Knaap. And today, my host is Jeroen Dekkers from McDonald's. We'll be talking about innovation with him. Jeroen, thank you for being here. It's nice to be here, Willem. Thank you so much. So first of all, maybe it's good to give an introduction. You're head of supply chain at McDonald's, but what do you do? What are your responsibilities? Yeah, of course. Well, uh, together with my team, uh, uh, I have a bit of a dual role. Uh, most importantly, I'm servicing the, the Dutch and the, and the Belgian market on supply chain. And within McDonald's, that consists of four areas. Uh, one of them is procurement, particularly food and packaging. The other one is logistics. And we have quality assurance and sustainability. So those are the four areas. And on top of the, well, the daily market responsibility, uh, I'm also part of a, a global team. Uh, and with all the supply chain leads uh, from McDonald's worldwide, we, we jointly well, create a vision on these four topics that I just mentioned. So that's quite broad huh? from packaging, sustainability, of course, that's related to each other, but quality assurance, also logistics. So your role is head of supply chain. Are all these topics like part of the supply chain of McDonald's? So, and what does the supply chain mean to you? Of course, they're part of this uh, supply chain. You mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, this, this is obviously about innovation. One of the reasons why I think my job is interesting and why I think I can we can be innov innovative within McDonald's is because we mix these, well, not always directly uh, related topics together. It allows us to combine challenges and opportunities to actually achieve a better balance within the system. And this sounds all a bit vague. We'll get into some details, but so these four areas are, uh, are indeed linked. And that's why, why we can uh, actually push forward towards a, a better supply chain. So we'll dive into it, um, of course, during the podcast. But you also mentioned that you're part of a larger team, global, and a supply chain is never only local, of course, eh? especially with an organization uh, like McDonald's. So I, I can imagine the global team has, a, as you say, a responsibility to also have a vision on the, on the, the global supply chain. Can you tell a bit how does that work to, to communicate with each other, to get to the same vision, and then to be able to define, like, this is what the supply chain or supply chains maybe of McDonald's are yeah. globally? Of course. Well, in essence, supply chain for, for McDonald's is, is about cooperation. So we talk about the three-legged stool, and that means uh, that's actually you can envision a stool. One of the legs is McDonald's, one of the legs is our suppliers, and one of the legs is our franchisees. And sitting on this chair is our guest or our, our consumer. Like so, me. Like, like you, hopefully. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm also a customer. I, I can honestly say, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we build relationships with all three. So in this case, I think it's most relevant to talk about the leg of the suppliers. My job is supply chain. So we have a prolonged relationship with basically all of our suppliers. So we don't have annual contract negotiations. We, have, we don't have any contracts at all with our suppliers. I think that's the essence. It's, it's about trust and it's about really collaborating on, well, jointly defined challenges. So to give you an example, if we talk about uh, packaging, that's a very actual uh, challenge that we face. It can be about deposit money. It can be about the transition from plastic packaging into paper packaging. Yeah. We, we reach out to our, the markets around us. So all markets in Europe and all over the world have this challenge more or less the same uh, way. 
and we reach out to our suppliers and engage in a discussion with them. How do you think we can solve this? So this is really about cooperation and jointly finding a solution for the challenge that we have at hand. Well, I, I think it's a really great example and a really interesting way of opening up and sharing the challenges that you have. So you mentioned the example of, of packaging to dive into that. So I can imagine that the packaging should be like less or more sustainable. And there are ways to approach this, of course. So what is actually then, according to you, the problem slash solution fit when you reach out? First of all, we, it starts off in with a local challenge. So in the Netherlands, we have obviously our government creating our rules and legislation, and we have to abide by these rules. And that's a good start. What we do then is we share the local, and in this case, the, the country specific challenges with each other. So in the Netherlands, a solution made up by the government is partially deposit money. It's not everywhere the same. From a certain viewpoint, this doesn't help us. For example, in the US, well, they have a, a different view on on, uh, on waste and recycling as we have in the Netherlands. Or, or Europe, maybe even. Eh? It's, even it's Europe, all, yeah, yeah. Everywhere it's, it's different. The challenges, the challenges yeah. are different. So there's, yeah. no, there's no single solution that fits everyone. But because we're so big and, and truly globally organized, we, we have to find a solution that works anywhere in the world. So that's problem one. It's a local challenge because of maybe regulation, maybe because of developments or... So that's local problem, local challenge, but it, the solution has to be global. Well, that's yeah, our that's viewpoint. Obviously, we try to find the, the, yeah. the solution for this. Well, we call it a, a packaging challenge yeah. by looking at, at uh, all the opportunities all over the world. Yeah. And it's not always easy to explain because uh, and local markets obviously want local solutions, in many cases, but those are, uh, are often, well, say short run solutions that, that only work in one market. And then for us, it's, it doesn't work globally. So we, we really need a global approach to these challenges. And then the follow-up question is obviously, how are we going to change this? Because for the past, well, 20, 30 years, we've gotten used to how we package our food and how we serve it to our guests. In, in Western Europe, uh, or specifically Northwestern Europe, we have to move a bit faster than in the, in the US. So what we do is we define markets where we're going to dedicate our energy into finding new solutions. But the paper straw is a good example. They're like, well, we don't want to develop a paper straw for McDonald's in 15 countries all over the world. We go for two, we define the optimal solution, and then we're going to implement it everywhere in the world. Global. Yeah. So the paper straw is then a global solution. Correct. Yeah. So there will be no plastic straws anymore in, That's in right. That's a right. certain yeah. amount of time. Yeah. But it was started locally. Yeah, correct. And then, so we sit together and we actually divide our, uh, our resource deployment per market. And that's not always easy to explain because obviously we also get people coming at our door, knocking on our door saying, like, well, what are you doing on, on the straws? We're like, well, we're not doing anything in the Netherlands. We're doing something in the UK. And I mean, that's how we, how we organize ourselves. It's really efficient and we use our global scale, but it's not always easy to explain. Sometimes you ask for a solution or you share your problem. Starter scale-ups or larger companies really want to work with McDonald's, of course, in the end. So what kind of solutions do you get thrown to you? What is the actual problem? Is it, is it litter? Is it the fact that we use plastic? Is it uh, the wrong usage of plastic? I mean, we have to figure out what the actual problem is. And what you, what you see is that if you don't dig deep enough, you come up with solutions that are not actually solving the problem, but just changing the problem to another. 
uh, area. We have to dig deeper first to find the actual cause of the challenge. What's an interesting theme is, and you mentioned it, scale. It's, yeah. it's our advantage, it's our biggest advantage, and it's our biggest disadvantage. It makes us, in a sense, slow. When it comes to nutrition, for example, or reduction of salt, you can start your own company, uh, opening, uh, opening up a store or a small restaurant at the, at the corner of the street, and you just start selling products without a, any salt in it. I mean, you can do that. You can start tomorrow and you'll, you might reach 100 people or 1,000 people a day, and it's, it's 1,000 people. And you start and you immediately achieve your goal, 0% salt. As McDonald's, that's impossible. We have 17,000 restaurants in the, in the United States. We have 255 in the Netherlands. We have 100 in Belgium. Well, a lot of restaurants. And we cannot just stop immediately and take this big of a step because people have expectations nowadays. So I also expect my fries to be salty at McDonald's, of course. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. but I, yeah. I can tell you that there, there's less salt on it than five years ago. So we gradually cut back on the salt. Yeah. And, and this is a good development, it's, but it's, it's slow because we need to align between all these markets. In the, in the United States, they like their fries salter than we like them. Yep. So it's a yep. gradual process. Yep. So uh, in essence, we use our skill for good and that's, that, that really helps. But it's, it's small steps, but we immediately reach a lot of people. So it's a really interesting topic that you're actually then educating people already for years by using less and less salt. And it's often if people approach me and say, well, how difficult can it be? Well, <laughs> it's very difficult. And once again, for the, for the paper straws, imagine what's going on. You think like, well, just, just buy the paper, start buying paper straws tomorrow. Well, it isn't as easy as that. And we have a, a quality assurance topic because what happens if you leave the paper straw in, in, your, in your beverage for longer than 30 minutes? And in the Netherlands, we have relatively small drinks. But in the US, you buy, a, I don't know, a gallon of Coke. And, and you, you put it in your car because you have a four hour drive. So the paper straw doesn't work. there. So, and then again, another stake is our supplier. We, we I just told you about the prolonged relationship we have with our suppliers. And often it's 30 years plus and no contracts. Imagine if we just stop buying plastic straws from supplier A and move it all to supplier B. I mean, their families depending on on our supply chain. So we're not just letting them go. We, can't, we also have a responsibility there. So we need to help our suppliers to move to this, well, let's say, new supply chain. Uh, and we do that obviously, uh, obviously by engaging in discussion with them, like, hey, maybe you should start investing in a paper straw line. That's a good idea. And then that's often a lot of, a lot of euros <laughs> that, that they have to invest. So we have to help everyone out. So sure, we want to move to paper straw. But if, if a supplier approaches us and says, I have the solution for you, there's so much more behind it than just switching suppliers. That's not how we want to cooperate. No, because you're in it for the long run. And if you yes. would switch that easy, then as a partner, or I would say customers of a lot of companies involved, it might even do, do something with the trust in the relationship. I see that. That's interesting. The skill could be a problem. You have a really long relationship with your suppliers. So is there a role for newcomers? Very good question. In all honesty, we're struggling with that. The scale is our biggest advantage. And when it comes to finding new innovative concepts and, and applying them in our, in our business, it's a disadvantage because uh, we, we set our standards really high. So getting into the McDonald's system is, is really tough. 
Uh, and it can be a disadvantage if we don't find a way to uh, get access to these great innovations that are out there. The first direction that we're looking into right now is playing it through our suppliers that we already have. How do we get innovation in? And that's often not coming from our current partner. That sounds a bit strange, but I mean, they're quite happy they deliver big volumes. It's, it's gradual change. And sometimes we need game changers as well. And can we expect that from a supplier who's actually pretty happy with the relationship that we have right now? Uh, so getting some, some other solutions in is uh, we play it now through our current suppliers. So, so to understand, McDonald's here has a logistics partner, Correct. which you probably have for 25 plus years yeah. already. Yeah. I can imagine. It's an incumbent also, just like McDonald's. Yeah. Eh? They exist, they, they're there, they have business, etc. But... McDonald's, you in this case, ask them to develop, to innovate themselves, to help McDonald's innovate yeah. in the logistics part. To make that easy, you ask of them to innovate together with a partner, an innovative company in a less mile solution space that then, let me go back, comes out of the vision of the global supply chain team, yeah. but also were found by you. Yeah. Then in this case, you found that solution. So you talk to that solution then to your logistics partner, and then you let them, the Laos Mile solution, work with the logistics partner yes. to prove, to validate, to see how this works. And then the logistics partner, that's my question, has to, in the end, scale it up also. Correct. So you ask of them to do the plan, do, check in that part. In a relatively but safe yeah, environment that's not yeah. immediately implemented at McDonald's. And not globally. It's yeah. easy. So to do that, plan, do, check, what's happening there, measuring, validating, figuring it out. But then you have to come to act to really change that part eh, towards McDonald's and then also global. How would that step work? C can you tell a bit about that? Eh? Because that's the skill of McDonald's. That's yeah, the hard yeah. part, I believe. So in this case, there's a, a we have our logistics partners in, McDonald's is in, and the innovative partner is in with the, with the idea. We, we do this in all transparency. So we say, look, what are the risks? What are the investments required? Let's assume this doesn't end up the right way. Who will bear the cost? Okay, let's have a good conversation about it. If, if we stop this pilot, it, it, it can be the case that the innovative partner pays everything. It can also not be the case that McDonald's pays everything. So let's discuss. And, and, and the other scenario is obviously, if imagine this, this is really successful, how are we going to scale up? And what should be your role as an innovative partner? And I'm oversimplifying this. Our current suppliers are very good in execution. And the people that approach me have great ideas. We have to bring it together. And that's a difficult combination because there's not always the right level of trust. So how do you create then that level of trust? Well, I just mentioned the transparency. I mean, put your cards on the table. What is your actual motivation of which problem are you solving? And why do you want to make your idea success? Get the, also get the intentions on the table yeah, of yeah, the yeah. person sitting yeah, at the table certainly. and then get all the information on the table yeah. and then align with how do we take this forward from yeah. here. And in, if in a first email, if a company's approaches, they, they start about how much they want to earn. Usually I know, I know enough. Like, yeah. well, uh, Thank if, you. if you just want to make a lot of money, yeah. we're probably not going to be able to have the discussion on what, is, what this is really about, uh, our shared ambitions and... It's the purpose, you ask also the purpose of yeah, the people. Yeah, yeah. Behind. I think that's a, yeah, yeah, we need to find that. a common yeah. ground be yeah. between seemingly completely different partners. So how do you manage that with that global team? How do you manage to think about just the current problem or the yeah. current supply chain? How do you manage that? 
Yeah, again, it's it's digging, eh? So so where do we want to go? Do we want to have zero emission uh, logistics? Well, if that's the goal, let's start exploring which solutions we have. It's full electric. Uh, that might be the end solution, but we can't do it within a year. So we need other ways to get there. One of them might be reducing the impact of the current solution that we have. And then we, again, we have this funnel, we have 50 ideas. There are ideas coming from Japan, from the US, from France, from Finland, uh, from us. And we select three initiatives that we're going to test. This was one of them and it succeeds. Wow. And now we wrote it out, Germany, Belgium. So Try to scale it, it up. Yeah. yeah. And then it becomes interesting, so, but that's the first year or the first three years is not interesting. It's, it's about the long run afterwards. Yeah. And then we're getting into that phase right now. And then in the scaling phase then? Yeah, yeah, now it's it's being scaled. But we addressed this topic in the beginning already. I mean, in the end, it's not in our 1.4 million leads are not interesting. But imagine if whole Europe does this, then it is interesting. Okay, so let's start. If it works, we continue. If it doesn't work, we could have stopped. That's a great example. So to our listeners, eh, the corporates, but they're also startups in this essence, eh, new, new innovative companies or SMEs with an innovative solution. What would your takeaway be to them or their, your advice if they want to work with McDonald's or help McDonald's innovate? What would be the best route or way forward for them to come with eh, a possible solution uh, for yeah. McDonald's? Well, we'll place your idea in, in, a, in a broader framework. And if you, if you place it in this picture, then uh, define how you want to approach the orchestrator. So who is the orchestrator? Is it the government? Is it McDonald's? No, Albert Heijn, Unilever? I don't know. Look at it from a broader picture. If you only stay within, with your own idea, it's, it's going to be tough to, uh, to get in contact with, with big corporates like McDonald's. Yeah, I think uh, for this, we can wrap it up. I really love the conversation. A lot of energy. Uh, Next week again. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, I really liked it. And, and what I especially liked, uh, you touch, we need to start somewhere with a vision and come from vision to, to skill and execution. And you really gave us some really good insights and steps, like how you work to get a new idea then again, globally skilled in this case with McDonald's. So thank you, Jeroen, for being here. And uh, see you next week. (laughs) Okay, cool.